fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com. The Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank Show. We have another great show planned for you this evening, folks. We have a great call-in guest, national touring comedian, uh, L.A. Hardy. He's actually in Florida right now, uh, but he's going to be calling in a little bit about 10 minutes or so. We're going to reach out to him. Uh, in studio, though, we have our furthest traveling guest to come into the studio, which is Dave Nelson. Thank you very much for coming on out, Dave. Oh, thanks for having me. And you drove all the way down here from Georgia, right? Yes. So what's that, like three, four hours? Three hour, three hour drive. That's great. So we kind of synced up through Facebook and the fact that we both do comedy and podcasts with our shows. That would be correct. That would be correct, world. So... You're relatively new in the comedy, like myself. What is it, about a year and a half, you told me? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just like to say new, because people get caught up on numbers, and number being a big thing, so. Right. I just say new. You're new, you're new-ish. So, what is your personal comedy based on? Um, What do you mean by personal comedy? I I, mean, I guess all comedy is personal when it comes down to it. Right, like I do a lot of fat guy jokes. My name is Fat Davey when I'm on stage, so, you know, have you gotten to the point where you're doing a lot of stories, or... You know, I'm, I'm still stuck on the fat guy jokes. I'm trying to move past it and tell it to some stories. I haven't gotten 100% successful in that area yet. Um, it, it's much more like a social, political critique. Cause I, just, I read constantly, and I have to for my job because I, I, I teach at a university level. And uh, just my experience for, is, is that, and I'm a political junkie as well, so I tend to, to draw from that. But at the same time, just like absurd things I see like uh, my short tenure I've just recently moved down the south in the last four five six months and uh, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on specifically in Florida that uh, I'll draw on it I don't, I don't want to say Jerry Seinfeld observation but it's observation with a quirky slash cheeky sarcastic dryness to it I would, that would be the it's always hard to describe yourself so you like to talk about the presidents the governors yeah all the shadiest people in the world that get yeah. paid to be there yeah that and just weird side stories i find like not on page one but it's going to be buried in the back of the newspaper or like just stories so, you find after link after link on, on on the internet yeah like the weird and crazy stories yes yeah when we I, I did a lot of in the beginning of the show we used to look up a lot of the crazy news stories uh we actually had one news story here in uh, Largo where a girl uh, attacked an old man as a vampire. She had like all the the real the, done the up teeth. teeth and the yeah. whole bit, and they found her all cracked out and covered in blood. And he was in a wheelchair. It was a crazy I mean, story. Florida hotbed for that. I mean, you can look up like crazy shit. That can, I don't know. Can you cuss on this? I didn't ask that. You can do whatever you want. You represent <clears throat> yourself. If um, you want to represent with a swear, swear, baby. There, there's crazy shit that happens in Florida all the time. What is it? The Florida Germany is yeah. where you notice like really uh, peculiar thing. What is it? I was just listening to the Greg Fitzsimmons uh, podcast, and he, he was talking about how. Um, Florida's, they're trying to figure out how Florida's going to muck up the next election. So <laughs> you get, your state does a does a grand job of that, seems, every four years. So Yeah, well, I've only been here for four years, so I'm about to see it. Yes. Uh, I came down from New York about in well, almost five years in, in 07. So, uh, but it's been pretty cool. I've had some ups and downs in Florida. So, so I should be able to introduce some of that into some uh, funny stories. I mean, I, I live next to, like, I came from Kansas City, and I live right next to Kansas. And Kansas has a history of crazy, so it's not unusual to live next to the, the I mean, 
a state that borders has some weirdos and craziness to it. I mean, you know, Westboro Baptist Church was, you know, it's an hour away. Uh, you had Carrie Nate was that Carrie Nation? No, not Carrie Nation. Yeah, Carrie Nation, the gal who who busted up all the saloons, and then you had John Brown who came down and you know, the, the abolitionist John Brown. So there's this this history of of weirdos and freaks in Kansas. So it's not too far off the norm what I'm used to from my previous living situation. <laughs> I understand because there's freaks everywhere, and there are a lot of freaks here, definitely in Tampa Bay. Um, what got you into comedy, man? I mean, you're a college professor, you know, you have the other career. So, what made you decide to branch out and speak your mind on stage? Um, well, when I was uh, working on my 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 PhD, with my friends, my peers that I was going to school, so we always talked about how we would love to do this. And but the the university we're at, there wasn't really nothing. The closest big city was New Orleans, and New Orleans. Did not necessarily have a hop and scene. Now I've um, they've started. There's one sprouted up, and there's a lot of great talent down there. I was just in there in um, November and was able to lucky enough to be able to perform there. But there's um, back then there wasn't any really open mics and like, and plus time with school and whatnot. So uh, one of the things I told myself is when I got done and and got my degree, I was gonna get up on stage and I finished it. And I am one of those people that I, I just do not like saying I'm gonna do something and not follow through. Be a person of your you know be let your words and your actions be the same. So I did that, and I went to um, Kansas City, saw a couple open mics at one of the clubs, mm-hmm. wrote material for a month or so, and, uh, you know, studied it. I'm, you know, like everybody that watches an open mind here, at least I could be at least as half as funny as the people up there. And um, I went up, and I was probably half in the middle of the pack there, and, you know, had it okay, people laughed, and it was enough for me to want to come back, and then came back a second time and, you know, ate it bombed but i think i think that, that tends to be the happener maybe you inflate how well you did the first time but uh and yeah. i and i fell into a, a good group of solid people like uh from the Kansas city area that what i would say in my comedy class from back home would be like uh, people like brad ellis who's now starting to do colleges and tour around uh, my friend grasshopper matt keck um who was on tosh.0 and web soup with one of his his internet videos and um Brandon Murphy, and there's people like Doug, uh, Doug Cheatham from up there. So there's just there's just a lot of good talent from there, and I felt a really good comedy class. That's awesome. I haven't taken a comedy class yet. No, I, when I mean class, I think of this as like you know like freshman, sophomore, junior yeah. type of thing. So my, oh. my my peers, when I refer to my classes. Oh, my, I thought my, you my meant peer. you took a comedy class. No, 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 no. Like a like a my peer group. That's awesome. Um. So, like me, I'm actually going to do my first, uh, well, my second charity show. So, I'm starting to get people to reach out to me for some charities and some paid gigs, which is nice. But the second charity show is going to be at the um, Jewish Community Center in Port Ritchie here in Florida. And it's uh, it's for Alzheimer's, and they do it every year for the last 13 years. So, it was pretty nice of them to allow me to come up and do the show. Uh, and it's going to be cool. There's going to be four or five comedians. Um There'll be jugglers, belly dancers, whatever anybody wants to do. They're going to do like a gong show theme. Right. So it's going to be really cool. Like a talent show. Yeah. And there'll be a gong, so you can get gong. But there's normally around five or six hundred, I'm sorry, five or six hundred people that come out. So it tends to raise a lot of money. So it was pretty cool to be called out. The St. Pete Times is getting involved, or now it's the Tampa Bay Times or some new name for the radio station. 
Have you done any charity work yet with your comedy? Um, I think uh, I host an open mic at Valdosta at one of the local pubs uh, twice a month. And there was a comedian, Drift Roberts, that was doing the walk for Smile Train. Smile Train basically goes to third world countries, Latin America, and, and helps fund uh, plastic surgeons who go down and fix cleft palates on you know children that need sure. the work. And so... I, I thought it would be in solidarity uh, to help Drift because he was walking from, I think, somewhere in Oregon or Washington all the way down to L.A. for a month and then ended up down at the podcast and it was trying to raise $5,000. I, I imagine he did it. But we passed the hat at the open mic and helped raise, I think, like around $100 or so. So, I mean, I guess that's charity work. I've got some stuff in in, in the work, but, um, you know, I mean, that would, that would be the closest thing to that. And then we took the money that we passed the hat and it, it got some of the communication disorders people kind of right. caught on so i've got some stuff in the works that i like i like to keep it close to the vest so i know it's going to happen but there's some charity work i would like to do some fundraising for smile trade because i think it's a, it's a really worthy cause great great so i know we're going to be having uh in the next couple of minutes i know our engineers are going to be reaching out to la hardy now and i just want to let everybody know la hardy as a national touring comedian he's done a lot of work overseas uh when our military was over in Afghanistan and Iraq. He went there with the USO and toured. Um, he's toured all over the United States and obviously many different countries. Uh, he's had a lot of, uh, he's been on some of the most popular TV shows out there. So it's a pretty interesting guest to have call in. Uh, I know myself being a young comic, hopefully yourself, will get to ask some good questions, what it's like to be on the road full time, what made him decide to do that. Um, <coughs> I've had some pretty good answers in in the past from like Bobby Slayton told me before he got into comedy he was working at a record store. So I mean that's going back a long yeah. time but Todd Glass worked in a record store too. So There you go. I worked at a record store maybe that's the uh maybe I need to go get a job at a record store. Yeah, good luck on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think those are like uh used CD shops where you can trade in like Sega and whatever kind of games are out there. Now. Yeah, I mean they're kind of going. The, I think there's a big one up in Atlanta. There's got to be a record store around. Other yeah. Than, <laughs> other than in a mall near you. <laughs> yeah, there used to be one on every floor in the mall. Now you, now you don't even buy CDs. You just download everything. I I, I still buy records and I, I still buy CDs. I like the hard copy. Maybe it's just a generational thing. But uh, yeah. Yeah, you know it's nice, but. I'm not a huge, huge music fan. I am definitely more into the comedy side. One of the reasons why I like Comedy Slam Radio is, so there is rock and roll, but it's 24-7 comedy, comedy shows, and music. So people can tune in and hear a lot of their favorite comedians. One of the nice things is if you're if you're a big comedian out there, you can even call into Comedy Slam Radio and donate your music so you can be heard all over the world. So any local, nationwide comedians that are listening... You go to Comedy Slam Radio and send the boss a message. He wants to hear from you. As well, if any of you guys are out there and you want to start advertising, you're more than welcome to call in or email Let's Be Frank at, I'm um, sorry, Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank at Yahoo. Or you can reference Dave Frank if you email through Comedy Slam Radio. Uh, we'd love to have you. we got plenty of room and plenty of time. And it's not that bad of a price. So call us in. We'll let you know. How we doing with... Uh, L.A. Is he on? All right, let's bring L.A. in, everybody. Yeah, man. L.A., how are you? Doing great, man. I like the spell. Not too bad. So how are you enjoying Florida? You're out here from L.A.? 
I'm out here from LA. Things are going all right, man. The weather's great. It's and nice. uh, loving life right now, just living the dream, brother. Football there, season. There you go. Were you watching the games all day yesterday? I uh, didn't get to watch too many of the games, but with enough ESPN and uh, some of the other ones, man, you don't really need to. Yeah. Now I'm not a huge fan, but how do you feel about the facts that the with the Giants yesterday? Man, that was a heck of a game. It was a heck, heck of a game. Eli Manning put it down. There you go. <laughs> put it so, down. so you're a big football fan. I am. I'm from Cleveland originally, so I'm a Browns fan, man. I'm into pain. Nice. You're into pain. I like that. So yeah. when I first found you online and I wanted to have you on the show, it was initially because I was impressed by how quickly your response time was with going over with the USO uh, to tour in front of the troops in Afghanistan and Iraq. And I thought that was really you know, an, an awesome thing to do. How long were you in comedy before you did that? And how long were you doing that for? Um, I was probably in comedy for about five to seven years before that, because I went for the first time in 1998, went over with a group of comics, went to the Middle East, went to Africa for about two weeks, and did a couple of other smaller tours. And then in 2003, which I had about 10 years of comedy in at that time, I got asked by one of the promoters of a group called Comics on Duty to uh, do a tour in Iraq. It was five of us, and we were actually the second group of civilians into that country right after Kid Rock, uh, like ever, since we started the war and stuff. And it was pretty amazing. It was like 28 shows in 27 days, all the way over to the coast, uh, the, the border of Syria and Pakistan, and, and it was amazing. And then in 2004, did uh, Afghanistan, and, and really saw some amazing things, man. It's uh, world's a pretty, pretty cool place. Yeah. Hey, L.A., we have two people. I have a, another young comedian in the audience. I'm sorry, in the studio with me here today. His name is also Dave. He's got a question for you, though, too. That, that sounded like a Yoda run you were doing. Did he book that over there for you in Iraq and Pakistan? I'm sorry, what did you say? That sounded like a Yoda run, a Midwest Yoda run. Did he book that, that for you in the Pakistan and uh, uh, Iraq? I've, I've worked with Yoda before. It wasn't his thing, though. <laughs> All right. But that's good. You know your stuff, Dave. <laughs> I, sneak it in every, I sneak it in every now and then. I, I don't know Yoder, but I, I was just joking. Some people take it a bit seriously sometimes. Right on. <laughs> so uh, what would you say you took away when you when you went over there and did those USO tours and, the, and working with the troops? Say that again? What, what do you think you, you took away from that when you came back? I mean, was there anything? Oh, man, it was a, it was a humbl totally humbling experience. I mean, when you... When you are used to some of the things that we're used to and take for granted, like running water toilets, uh, being able to get up and go to the refrigerator in the middle of the night, um, being able to get up and just use the bathroom in your own house at night, small things that you don't really think about are big things when you're somewhere else. I mean, when we first got there, we were staying in barracks in Iraq, at least, where it was still bombed out. There were holes in the side of the buildings that we were staying in. To go to the bathroom, you got to walk outside, go to uh, a porta potty, and uh, it might be 120 degrees at 3 o'clock in the morning. That is early and uh, hot. <laughs> so was, was yeah. there any, any preparation that you had as far as like what to expect when you went into that? Like uh, any combat training, or did they just No, kind of... man, no, no preparation whatsoever. It was thrown to the wolves kind of thing because actually when we were, first went, we were told we were going to be staying in Kuwait and we were going to fly out to each base we were going to be working at 
like on a daily basis. Like we'd be staying in a five-star hotel, we'd go out, do the shows, come back and stay in the five-star hotel. So, uh, psych. <laughs> from a comic standpoint, you're thinking, hey, this will be fun. Uh, it was fun, but a different kind of fun. Uh, we didn't stay in too many five-star hotels. No, I bet you didn't. So I know that you toured over there, and you've toured all over the U.S. What, what's your favorite country that you've toured in? Um, where would you like to go again? Favorite country I toured in was Japan. Uh, I've been back. I had my own tour called the um, Group Therapy Tour because I'm the doctor. I'm the black doctor, so I'm, I'm here to help. <laughs> and uh, uh, another young lady, Tracy Tedesco, took the tour over to Japan uh, in 2011, 2010, I'm sorry. And it was a big success around Valentine's Day. Japan is probably one of my favorites. Love it. Konnichiwa, bitches. Konnichiwa. <laughs> so, now you're in comedy now for just under 20 years. And you're out in L.A., and you've had some TV time. You've done a lot of stuff on different sitcoms and commercials now, right? Yeah, man, just making a career out of it. I mean, there's no one thing that defines you unless you, you know, you come up with a uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper and you have your name on it type of thing. The main, the main goal that I've been trying to have is just keep working steady, keep uh, doing what I'm doing, and, and, and keep um, – uh, one foot in front of the other one, man. How has your goals as far as uh, doing comedy changed over the years since you first started out? You know, it, it's never really changed. My goal has still been the same. I want Arsenio's job. Nice. I want that uh, variety host job, man. I mean, I may never get it, but I'm never going to stop trying to get it. And uh, if I don't on the level that, that, that he had it on... I'll maybe get it on another level where i got to produce something myself, but as long as it allows me to keep making the decisions to do what I want to do, I want to do it, hey, man, I'm in. I like it. Um, what talk shows have you been on? Have you been on, you know, some of the, or, uh, not Arsenio, but some of Leno's shows and things like that already? I did, most recently, I was doing uh, Comics on Beach with Byron Allen. All right. Pretty good. Real, real great guy, man. And he had another show uh, I did with him called Comedy.tv. You catch it usually in the middle of the night somewhere. Uh, CBS or something. Um, and I got a little split show that I did. I taped it on, on the internet called a close call L.A. Hardy. All right. A lot of little things. Now, if people want to find you, they can find you. It's LAHardy.com, right? LAHardy.com. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy you can look up on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. It's Show Off LA. Show Off LA on Twitter? That's me. All right, so you're going to get... Always got something going on. Always yes. got something going on. You do. What do you got coming up? Where are some of the big shows you got coming up in the next few weeks? I'm still working on my plans for world domination. That's coming first. <laughs> That's then, like, uh, Stimpy, you idiot. We are taking over the world. Going out to uh, Colorado Springs to do Looney's, one of my favorite clubs. I love working with those guys. Then I'm going to come back in February. I'm doing the Coral Springs Center for the Performing Arts in uh, Coral Springs, Florida. Uh, I'm going to be working in March for a couple of places here in South Florida and Fort Myers, the um, Comedy Cafe. And uh, I'm going out to Providence, Rhode Island to do uh, the Warwick Theater in a few weeks after that. And i got some other things coming up. But uh, not, some things are not quite on the books, so I can't really talk about it yet. And uh, other than that, I'm just staying as busy as I can. 
All doing right. some voiceover stuff, doing, trying to get my ass in some commercials. You know, yeah, didn't you have some I'm, stuff with Dockers for I'm commercials? Putting, what's that? Didn't you do some commercials for Dockers already? I did, actually. I was wearing a little black dress for that commercial that used to say, uh, uh, man's little black dress, nice pants. <laughs> and I also did uh, I had a, a nice feature spot in a music video for uh, Bird for Soup called 1985. I was the mailman in that video. Nice. Yeah. And if you remember a few years ago, maybe, hopefully you do, there was a show that came out called The Glutton Bowl. These guys are eating all kinds of crazy stuff, uh, uh, Rocky Mountain oysters and, and calves brains and whatnot. The, the hot dog eating champion guy, uh, Kobayashi, was on it. All right. I was on that, I was on that show as the referee. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Um... Well, you seen me in a lot of places, but you wasn't sure it was me. Do you get? Do people go? You look familiar quite a bit if you're just walking around, just because you're in Say so again? much different. Do, do people come up to you? And go, you look familiar. I've seen you somewhere, but even though you know, because uh, you do so much. Yeah, I get, I get a lot of that because I look like uh, either Cuba Gooding Jr. or Booty um, or Tone Lowe. So I usually get, or sometimes even if I'm around Pittsburgh. I get the uh, highest award. <laughs> hey, uh, L.A., h- how do you feel about your uh, your buddy Honest Abe? He's calling in. You want you want us to patch Honest Abe in and say hello? Sure, why not? All right, Honest Abe is getting patched in. Honest Abe, you out there? What's up, Abe? We're working on we're working on patching him in just a minute. Oh, okay. So where do you know Honest Abe from? I don't know how to say it unless it's Facebook because I was posting that I was going to be on. I posted you guys' number. And, oh, that's uh, great. Look at what it's brought me. It's brought me out of state. There you go. <laughs> we have two people that travel. Dave traveled all the way here from Georgia. You're traveling out from L.A. Where, okay, I got a question. Is L.A. a comedy name? You don't have to say what your real name is, but L.A. is just awesome. You're in L.A. and you're L.A. Com, uh, L.A. Hey, Hardy. Hey. No, it's actually, uh, i got to thank my parents to thank for that. It's actually my first initial, my first, and the first initial, my middle name. Oh, okay. So it is a combo, but it was a cool little combination. Really, really easy to remember, though, man. L.A. Hardy, Laurel and Hardy, ouch. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about comics that use uh, stage names or, you know, non plumes? I mean, do you think that's something good or is that beneficial? Hello, L.A.? Got him. Can you hear me, L.A.? Yeah. I mean, what do you think about, like, uh, like particularly, like, we'll say, like, Earthquake or any other comedian that takes on, like, a non-diploma? Do you think it's beneficial or is this, you feel like, something that could hold you back in comedy? It can, it can go either way, man. I mean, if you've got a name like that, you better be able to bring it because if you've got a jacked-up name, uh, you have to overcome it by saying and being very, very funny. And if you if you have a name like an earthquake, then you better be an earthquake. And good, lucky for him, he is. He does bring it to I mean, the stage, know. yes. All right, yeah, like me. Hey, I've got to send a special shout out too, man, and a rest in peace to Patrice O'Neill and his people, man. That was a tough blow to take when he went down too, man. I agree with you 100, percent and that's a great thing to send to a shout out for. It's it's been a heavy year for comedy as far it as has. like uh, people passing away. I think we lost your friend Honest Abe, so he's not going to be checking in. But you said you don't know who Honest Abe is. Uh, 
He's just one I of you. I don't know him off the top of my head, but I'm sure if he's a friend, he'll call back. There you go. We normally don't. It'll be new because we normally don't take calls when we're doing interviews with people. So. It'll be interesting, but they said they were your friends, so he, we were... He was pretty persistent. He was like, I, I think he said his name was Honest Gabe or Abe. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. So uh, when, we, when he patches through, we'll find out. All right. Okay. All right. So, at LA, some of the things I, I like to find out... Is he is he ready to come in? Yeah, he's coming in. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're going to patch out. We're gonna patch him in. Nice. Are you, are you, are you there, there? Oops. <laughs> I, I'm here, here. All right. Honest Dave, how do you know L.A.? Oh, L.A. and I go way back. Go way back to where? <laughs> way back to, uh, oh, days when, uh, you know, you would go out to a restaurant and you try to talk to ladies and, you know, they don't talk back, so you end up hanging out with the fellas. I don't know, man. I think L.A., was there ever a day that you couldn't talk to the ladies and you had to hang out with the fellas? I think this sounds like a crank call. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> oh, no, no. That's not L.A.'s good. always no, macking the hose, baby. That. L.A.'s macking the hose. He's got the funny. Humor is all it takes. If you could be funny, they'll drop their drawers. <laughs> well, thanks, Abe, for the call, man. I appreciate you coming in to throw that jab. No oh, man, I ain't playing any jabs. I ain't playing any jabs. The question was, <laughs> when did I first start hanging out with LA? And that's when we went out to a restaurant, tried to talk to some ladies. The waitresses were real nice. What we was the name of the restaurant? Out. Help a re- help LA remember this. What was the name of the restaurant? What year was it? The year uh, I don't necessarily recall the year. It was uh, uh, Duffy's was a restaurant. You ever been to a Duffy's LA? At a Duffy's restaurant? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If it, I wasn't having any problem with the ladies at Duffy's. They always serve me great wings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, no, no. no. Just uh, I was a cameraman, and uh, LA was an awesome host. And so all the ladies came to LA because there was a camera in this you know, hanging out with them, you know. That's where I like to say it. It was because of me. Oh, he got the ladies. I get it. Oh, so you're a legend in your own mind. So he could, so you're saying L.A. can't get ladies without a cameraman. But I'm sure he, but but I'm sure he can. So L.A., L.A., it's your call. Do we cut off Honest Abe or do we let him stay on? I I vote for cutting him off. What do you think? Hey, man, it's your show, but uh, I do it for the people, man. I'm here to entertain (laughs) <laughs> what do you think, you Abe? All right, Abe, we're gonna let you go. Maybe we'll let if any other if any other fans of LA since he posted that he would be on want to call in. You're welcome. Yeah, I hope all, you, all three of you, all, all three, three of, of you. Fans, make sure you call in. Well, wait a minute. I'm here, so that's only two left. <laughs> all right. So, Abe, thanks for calling in and. Telling stories about gullies or wherever you are. Duffy's. 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 Thanks for supporting <laughs> comedy. <laughs> so, hey, L.A., while we still have you on, I want to ask you, who are some of your favorite upcoming comics? Some of the people that you see while you're touring around or while you're in L.A., some of the people that you enjoy watching? Uh, some of the people that I enjoy watching up-and-comers... You know, nobody really comes to mind. Let me think. Uh, <laughs> well, do you... I'm trying to think of who I, 
a good friend of mine that I really like to watch, I'll tell you, is Flip Schultz. Okay. I like Flip a lot. We've been uh, we've been friends for a long time. Great comic. Uh, he's put in the work, man, and I like people that have put in the work. And uh, it's about longevity in this business, man. Nobody comes in here and does one thing, you know, makes it happen, gets out of the business, and then just stops doing comedy forever. I mean, once you start doing this and you achieve a certain level of success, either you're going to keep doing it or you're going to hang yourself. So uh, longevity is, is, is a big thing with me. The same thing when I look at when I look at music. I mean, when I'm watching or, you know, I hear good music, I want to hear somebody that's got at least more than one album out. Right. You want somebody that makes 100% sense. Because if you're a one-hit yeah, wonder, you know, you're not going to be around. I got around. something to compare it to. I mean, anybody can make a good freshman album, but uh, listen to me, I'm so old, I'm saying the word album. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it takes it takes some balls and cojones to follow that up with something hot right after that. Well, you didn't say 78, so it doesn't date you too bad. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Albums, Album sales are up this year. Vinyl record sales are up, so you're, not, you're kind of like the, you're like the aging hipster, L.A. I know, right? How about that? So, keep in the loop. I'm, I'm the man. What um I always like look for advice and pointers being someone that, that that's new to the game LA. What is if you could go back into a time machine, what would you ask yourself at, like your second or third year into doing comedy that you wish you would have known then that you know now? Uh, the festivals are, are and impressions that you make on people the first time you meet them is a lot more important than you may think it is. Um. Uh, I wish I had put more effort into doing some of the festivals back in the day uh, and, and making sure that I had good video on myself. Those those two things are, are real big because if you have good video, as you can see by some of the people who are getting a lot of love on the Internet and may not even be that funny live, if you got good video, you can go you can go somewhere with that. Um, are you a little bit of jealous of how easy it is nowadays for uh, young comedians to tape themselves versus, we'll say, when you started the game where it was a little bit more clunky, the, the equipment and the technology? Well, I mean, it's 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 all relative, man, because it's like, you know, while, while it may seem easier on, on one level, you still have to sustain it. So if you're funny and you come up with a crazy funny video and somebody likes it and you become something and Comedy Central loves you, and all of a sudden you do this, that, and the other, you still have to sustain that after the initial hit that you were so funny the first time. So to me, it's like, if, if you've got something that's good, it's hot, it's, and it's creative, you know, you can sustain yourself. If you're a one-trick pony and all you can do is, is, is gimmick your way into something, then that's going to show it at some point in time, too. Do you think people glob on to, as far as, the one-trick pony too easily nowadays as compared to maybe when you started out. And I'm not trying to make you sound like old man Hardy up there. Uh, <laughs> anything like that. I mean, because I, I just find it interesting because I was talking to a friend of mine and he discussion about, like, how people used to book themselves and the discussion of how much how much their phone bills would have been, like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago versus everybody's oh, like, yeah, easily, cell phones. Easily. And, well, you know, with communication being as easy as it is to get now, you know, things are so much faster, but right now it's like uh, if I see one more Mitch Hedberg uh, wannabe on stage, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> everybody likes that. Every, everybody likes you know, every, jokes and thinks they could be the next Mitch Hedberg. Everybody's, everybody's memories are pretty short that it's like uh, if you want to see a really good documentary movie about comedy that's not 
uh, over the top or, or bad or bad acting or anything like that, go see M I Am Comic. I A M Comic. C O M I C. I think it's a really good flick, man. For anybody thinking about the business or wanting to find out some information about the business, uh, it's it's real informative and it's entertaining at the same time. Right. Have you seen the documentary about the whole Boston comedy scene? Yeah, I have seen that one. I think that the I Am comic is was a little, it was a little more, a little more mainstream and a little more. Uh, if, if you're no matter what part of the country you're from, you'll get it. So it was a little more geared towards everybody than the Boston one was. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Right. So I really enjoyed it, man. I would recommend it. All right. So if you were going to give some advice to, because we get a lot of comedians. Uh, here in the Tampa Bay area where we're from and all throughout the country that are always listening. They're always asking me what advice, you know, people want to give out. So if you were going to tell somebody starting out, you know, I have a que- I'm going to actually ask you a question because I was in a group today where they posted it and people were talking about um, going to the local club competitions. And some people are for them and some people are against them because depending on where you are in the country, the comedy clubs may ask you to bring a certain number of people in order to be into the contest. And, you know, what's your opinion on those kind of contests? I mean, I think they still have their perks. You just don't go into them with the aspirations of winning. And, you know, if you go into them for the stage time, I think they're good. But what do you think of local bar or comedy club competitions? I think in any competition that you go into, man, it's uh, going to it with the idea of what. I mean, whenever I'm on stage, man, it, it, for me personally, I'm a competitive person. It's a competition. I mean, if you, if I watch you go up and you're opening the show, I want you to do well, but not too damn well. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, uh, I want you to go up and kill and have a good time, and because uh, I, 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 that's going to help me to do better. That's going to push my competitive juices to want to come out and bury you after I get on stage. And so, in any competition where it's, where it's locals around. You want to be the best of that group because if you if you're going to move on to somewhere else, uh, chances are being the best of that group is going to work out better for you than being the worst of that group. So so I, I kind of gather from that where you're of the opinion it doesn't matter about the political part of it, just be out there, get more stage time, be in front of people, and keep getting better. Don't worry about yeah, what man, everybody you're, thinks you're, of you're it. You're doing this for you. Yeah, you're doing this for you. I mean, comedy is a pretty selfish sport. Uh, because you're up there by yourself. Yes, you, know, you are. I mean, I'm doing it for the people to entertain them, but at the same time, it's you know, it's therapy for me too. And uh, when I'm not on stage after for for a period of time, my wife will tell you I'm pretty I'm pretty shitty to be around. She's like, get the hell out of the house and go do a show. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Go do something. Go out in the yard, talk to somebody. There you go. You know. Well, but, but you travel both. You're out of you're out traveling most of the year though, right? You're doing week shows every weekend and during the week. Well, it's just actually cut it back a little bit. Um, I usually was doing you know 35, 40 weeks a year. Uh, I've cut it back some because I got two little ones. Number one and number two, it's a young man's game, man, and it, 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 some of it is starting to you know kick your ass out here if you're you're doing too much. So I'm trying to do work less, make more, and work smarter, not harder. There you go. And for me, it's it's kind of weird. I know I started in comedy a little late in life. I started at around 38 years old, and I have another career. So I don't know how far I'll ever push it, but I enjoy going locally. And I've been, you know, over the last few months, I've been getting invited to do charity gigs as well as some guest spots and paid gigs. So 
it's slowly becoming a little more fun and the charity shows always feel great i'm, I'm sure you've done your share of charity shows aside from the ones with the uso yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm doing one for a little girl that has a hearing problem here in a couple of weeks. Uh, not in a couple of weeks, actually next weekend. Um, yeah, man, anytime you have an opportunity to get up and do it, you know, get up and do it. Yeah. For me, it's one of those things, and Dave Chappelle said it best, it's not. It's something that I just can't not do, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't not do this. It's, it's something that's within me. I started late, too. Uh, I was 32 when I started. I'm 50 right now. 50? Wow, I, I would not have guessed 50 by the pictures. You must be putting up the young man pictures. Well, yeah, those are pictures from 10 years ago, so don't worry about it. <laughs> so you were a little, you're, you're a little more gray and a little fatter now like the rest of us, huh? Uh, a, little, a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm still looking good. It's just nothing works the way it's supposed to. That's really the biggest problem. Either that or it doesn't uh, work for to, as long. Try to, keep the stress, try to keep the stress level to a minimum, man. You know, take it a day at a time and uh, not worry about the things that I can't control. Uh, that's really the best advice that I can give anybody that's out here is, you know, don't worry about what somebody else is getting because those people were going to get it anyway. Worry about or concern yourself with the things that you can do and get uh, and be a little unrealistic about it. If you're realistic about it, it's going to be tough for you to move forward because this ain't the realistic business. Yeah, I, I've noticed. This is, all about, this is all about unrealistic expectation. And I kind of... I agree with you there, and, and although I haven't been, I'm going to say I haven't been as successful in the year and a half that I've been doing comedy as I have in the six months that I've had the radio show, uh, in the last month, month and a half, we've been picking up some extremely great call-ins. Aside from yourself, uh, next week we have Tom Dresden, and over the past couple of weeks we've had Jackie Mason, uh, Bobby Slayton, uh, last week we spoke with Paul Rodriguez. So from that aspect, I've gotten a lot of uh, compliments on the way I interview people, and I've had a lot of large-name comedians saying, hey, this is great, maybe we'll, you know, I'll let some of my friends know about the shows, and, ha- you know, they can call in and promote. So it's been a pretty positive experience, and it was about really reaching out to these people and spending, you know, it could be an hour and a half just getting bounced back and forth between emails and publicist phone numbers to find out who gets to make the decision. Yeah. But, well, thanks for finding me, man. I'm glad you guys did. I mean, this is this is good stuff. Yeah, it's I mean, I, enjoy, have I somewhat somewhat serious discussion on comedy. It's, you know, it's a good thing because this is a big part of what we do as comics. For example, when we're on the road. Uh, one of the things that hurt last comic standing was the fact that they didn't have the repartee with the comics that happened in the house. I mean, half the time during the day, that's the funniest shit that happens uh, during the day. Almost funnier than some of the shows. Yeah. If they ran that like they did the UFC fight house, everybody would have been having snooky money. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Now watch, we, we talked about this on the show. Somebody's going to redo it now and they're going to have people in the house. They'll have you guys on the bus driving around from city to city. It's going to change, man. This is the Let's Be Frank show. I mean, We're going to set know, trends. It started off with, uh, you know, WWE wrestling and Tough man competition. Oh yeah. Look at it now. Yeah, it's tough enough. Music. Are you a big wrestling fan, or is that just where you remember it starting from? <laughs> no, I am a big wrestling fan, man. I go back into the '80s with uh, Ric Flair, the Hulkster, uh, Ricky Steamboat, Co- uh, Coco Beware. Coco yeah, man, Beware, I love them all. Junkyard I Dog. 
Yeah, I, I love wrestling. I'm a closet fan. And one of the reasons I knew I was willing to dedicate to myself to this radio station was because of the invention of the DVR. Because I am DVRing Monday Night Raw. If I would have had to pick another night, I'd have had to go for Tuesday if I couldn't, if I wasn't able to DVR it. But I said, if I'm willing to give up Raw to watch this, that means I'm going to put in a lot of effort. Because I, I am a Great closet junkie. Great entertainment, man. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. And that's what people laugh. Oh, why do you like wrestling? It's fake. Of course, the, we know who's going to win. But that guy still landed on a damn ladder. And that girl was still in a beautiful bikini. And, you know, just everything about that. You know, when it comes to Vince McMahon and his intelligence in the wrestling industry and promotions, it's if I could learn a tenth of what that man knows about promoting himself and his company, I'll be a successful man one day. Yeah, but it, but it can't get his wife yeah, elected right. to the Senate and Connecticut. Yeah, right. It can't get his wife. Not last. It didn't get yeah, his wife. Those, uh, those guys are huge, man. Yeah. That's uh, amazing, amazing watching guys that size dancing around like that. Now, you, you obviously know who um, how did he, Nick, uh, Mick Foley is, right? Absolutely. Yeah, do you know Mick Foley started a comedy career? Yeah, I had seen that. He's been doing some, some touring around in my area, actually. Now, yeah. He was in one of, the greatest, one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time with The Undertaker. Yes, he was. Are you referring to the one where he got thrown off the top of the cage? Off the top of the cage, landed on the table, and all of the packs in his back. That was awesome. Yes, it was. He is one of the greatest. I was he. Uh, we had Kristen Becker, who called into my show in one of the first weeks that she was uh, of my show. But she's been around forever, Kristen Becker. But uh, she has a, a room in Buffalo called Doing Time, and I guess Mick Foley was there a few weeks ago, uh, and I was po- pumped. I was hoping she can get him to call into the radio show, but that hasn't happened yet. Okay. But, hey, you know, I don't know how great of a comedian he is, but I would definitely want to talk to him about his wrestling. (laughs) I'm sure, you know, he's got to be funny. He's an extremely intelligent man. He's written books. He's written novels and children's books. And, come on, the man can run around the, the ring with a sock on his, you know, next to the rock and make millions. Hey, he figured out how to make it work, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you if you get some shtick, go with it. If it works, I mean, I I I first started going up on stage just with my name, Dave Frank, and then I started benefiting on the fact that I'm a fat guy, and I changed my name to Fat Davy, and I came up with some Fat Davy songs and to go along with that. You ever do any parody songs? I haven't done any parodies. Maybe even earlier in my career, I might have tried a few things like that. But uh, no, man, not lately. That's not uh, not my territory. All right, I, I have you one. Know what? Go ahead. I uh, I'm I'm not I'm not against it. All right, I, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna sing you my parody. You want to hear my parody? It's a Go spoof. It. It's it's a spoof on Vanilla Ice. Now you okay. remember how Vanilla Ice he was always rolling in his 5.0. So we're gonna do it on the Ice Baby. But my first part of the song is rolling through the drive-through, yo. With my window down, so I could order, bro. Fat, fat Davy, supersize my fries, please, lady. Now you remember that part of the song? Cause he was rolling. <laughs> so the rest you of you know the, it's funny. I just heard that song the other day. So that that rings rings a bell right there. There you go. But the rest of the song is the better part, really, cause he when he's when he stop, collaborate, and listen. So I do a whole thing on the first part, so it's stop, cause Dave is fat and glistening. 
got his hands on a bucket of chicken. Listen, as his arteries close tightly, who flows like a river, daily and nightly, will he ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Get out the room before he blows. To the extreme, he's eating food by the handfuls. Touch that boy's plate and he'll be biting your hands off. Bam. You're not even giggling. I can't believe believe you're giving this away. (laughs) Man, it always gets laughs on stage. They love it. You know? You're giving us away for free right on the radio. Unbelievable. <laughs> what, what a giving, giving person there, you are. There you that, go. That's our br- bread and butter here at Comedy Slam Radio. <laughs> that, every time you hear that third voice, that's the owner who we refer to as Jesus, who looks over the station at all times. Yahweh. Yes. He is I, always... I have a beard and long hair. I, I guess it's, and I have a picture of Jesus sitting in front of me. Unfortunately, his picture of Jesus has little kids next to it, and it always makes me feel weird. Luckily, I'm Jewish. It doesn't affect me. Always good to work with the chosen. There you go. (laughs) So listen, L.A., I know you you took out a lot of time, and we got about 10 or 15 minutes left in the show. So is there anything special that you wanted to call out or let anybody know about or any props to some people that, you know, maybe you tour around with or some touring comedians that you want to give some props to? Uh, my boy Scott Henry, my boy Keith Rogers, good cats I've worked with for years, man. Nothing but love for them guys, quality professional comics. Uh, a lot of other people come to mind. Um, uh, wow, so many comics that I know, so many good people. Uh, I got nothing but love, man. Like I said, I'm doing it for the people, man. I, uh, I'm staying, I've been in this game 18 years. G. Miller Todd, send you a special shout-out. My manager, Barry Brewington. Um, uh, Life from my kids, man, my fam, man. I want to send a special shout-out to them. Uh, look for me in 2012. We've got a new website coming out, working on it as we speak. Nice. Uh, the new therapy tour is going to be back out on the road. Add me as a friend, L.A. Hardy. Okay. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Show Off L.A. And um, look for me all over the web, man. Got some big things coming and looking forward to more. Now, now don't forget, you got to post that you were on Comedy Slam Radio and the Let's Be Frank show. Because that's the biggest thing you're going to do this year, right? You're going to plaster that all over your accounts and your new websites. If you could only see the look on my face after you said that. <laughs> you mean you didn't have the same excited look as I did? <laughs> well, Let's listen. hope we both do bigger things than this in the next coming months. Oh, I hope we all do. I know you're going to, and I know we're going to, because we're putting in a lot of hard work. And Excellent, re- brother. I wish you nothing but much love and success. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank comedy you very much. Thank you very much. And it's Comedy Slam Radio. You can't say Comedy Slam or those people at the Comedy Store might get mad. She comedy own- Slam Radio, baby. Yeah, because she, she owns those words. She'll come down and wow. bring her wrath upon us, Mrs. Shore. Mrs. Shore, she actually uh, trademarked I, Comedy I, Slam. I know that she probably would come after you for every quarter. <laughs> She's going to get both nickels and the dime that I got. So... <laughs> So, listen, I appreciate you calling in. It was great of you. You spent a long time with us on the phone today. It was great conversation. I think everybody learned a lot of good, valuable things about comedy, which is what I like to get out there. Dave, well, you have any? If they didn't, even if they didn't, my comedy is not for everybody anyway, just the sexy people. There you go. And luckily for me, fat is the newest thing and the trendiest thing in America, so I'm sexy. The rest of the world just has to realize it. That's what's up, big baby. There you go. Dave, you have any other questions for L.A. before we let him go tonight? Oh, no. Uh, thanks for your time, L.A. Hey, L.A. Hey. 
So thank you. Thank you. Now you're going to pe- spread the rumor about how great Comedy Slam Radio and the Let's Be Frank show is to all your friends, so they call us in, right? He wants well, us. He wants us to mail him a free T-shirt. Rumors already out, brother. The rumors out. And tell them all, and including you, we let all the big stars uh, donate their music, and we'll play their music and their comedy for free. So anybody's allowed to. If you want, we'll play all your comedy as much as you want. Sweet. Yeah, well, the, the, the engineer will call you to get your permission for all that, but I appreciate that. You're a great guy, and you're supporting comedy and comics coming up, so I appreciate it. Thank you very much for calling in. And I think our engineer is going to pick up with you right before we let you go. We truly appreciate you calling in L.A., and we'll speak to you soon. I'll follow up with you in a couple of weeks. Maybe when you come out into Florida again, you'll call me up, and we'll give you a shout-out, help you promote. Sounds good, guys. I appreciate the love. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. All right. So, Dave, I know that you've done on your podcast some other great interviews. You, You interviewed Rich Voss. Right, right, right. My, I, I'd say my podcast. Is, I mean, it's it's changed. I think when um, getting into it and doing it, it, it it's, it's morphed over time because I really thought it was going to be. I, I'll be honest. I don't know if you listened to Mark Maron's WTF podcast. I haven't honestly listened to a lot of podcasts aside from my own. It's a whole new thing for me. So I, I, I think kind of was doing that, and I'm like, why do I want to do what somebody else does? And and you know, and his has changed over time. Definitely, um, it and gotten better. So I've geared it more towards being uh, like a comedy nerd podcast where it's like I'm much more interested in the nuts and bolts and what's going on, the mechanics, the understanding, and just the, the art craft well, that's of, one of, the... of the game. And I'm sorry. And, and, and so, I mean, and yeah, I try to get with comics on all levels. I, I started with uh, my, what I called my comedy class. My friends that I started out, we all started out about the same time. And uh, maybe people had a couple, maybe a year on me, and just get to going and, and use it as a networking tool mm-hmm. uh, too. But uh, also to understand what goes on and what club owners and what people's writing styles works and, and the do's and don'ts. Well, I was at, I mean, that's all great, and it is. I was asking because I'm still new to, and you've been doing your podcast for a long time, a little over a year. Right. You're not. I've been doing a little bit of a radio for about five or six months. So it's always interesting for me to learn interviewing because i've been told i've been doing pretty good and i love talking to la he it was a great call but i liked listening to some of the questions that you asked that i might not have thought of which is why one of the reasons why i wanted you to come down besides your background in education you know it's just a different way to think so you know more things for me to learn about but in compared to some of the interviews, when you do your interviews, do they normally last 20, 30 minutes, or do you do shorter interviews? It, you know, it, it depends how much time they have. Uh, I've done interviews that have gone 20 minutes, 15 minutes, and then I've done hour and a half, two-hour interviews where I've, I've cut and, and broken up. Um, you know, it, it's depending if it's the time. Like, I did the Scalar bro, bro. I did uh, Jason and Randy Scalar, okay. and uh, they had a short window of time. So I had like maybe 20 minutes with them. Um, it was an over-the-phone interview. And uh, so it, it just depends on the time and how generous they are. And sometimes it depends on the conversation too. Right. Um, right. If it's not going – I mean sometimes I think – I don't know if you felt this. Sometimes like this is not going anywhere. So I'm going to like cut my losses where I'm at. I'm going to go in. And the good thing of being a podcast, I can go in and post and make the uh, – the interviewee look a lot better than, than maybe how it played out. And, right. and there's been time I've done interviews and um, it just, 
I was interviewing Kyle Kinane, and we were, I was like super tired, and he was sick, and I'm like, I said in the middle of it, I was like, this is this is terrible. Uh, can we redo this? And he's like, you're right, it is terrible. This is not going well. So, so I went re- I've redone yeah. interviews just because I don't. I think the goal of doing it is you don't want the other person on the other side to look bad. Right. Well, for me, I don't really have that option. <laughs> we do everything live. We post live from a radio at Comedy Slam Radio. And afterwards, I just take a copy and I put it up as a podcast. Right. So there is no cutting and splicing. It was funny because when, as as I started learning and as I started calling out to some of the bigger stars like L.A. and Jackie Mason, I'm like, yeah, hey, call into the studio. And they're like, yeah, okay. Or we call out to them and we're talking and we're already live. And they're like, oh, we're already live? And we're like, yeah, let's go. And they thought they, you know, they were, they were ready for like that two-minute prep time before they go live on air. So I'm adjusting to that by having us call out as right. opposed to them calling. Because when we updated to the new studio, we also updated with technology and are able to do more of that. But I, I really enjoyed um, Ellie's call. I liked how he really got into the tour in the U.S., you know, with the USO traveling around the country. And I liked that he was able to pull out some names of other people to give props to. All right. Which also gives me names to listen to to try to call them up and see if they want to come on the show. Hint, hint, hint. If you've been listening, is there anybody out there? Of course there is. Dave, now you had you posted to some of your friends that you were coming all the way down here from Georgia, right? Yeah, I mean, I I, I use I use Twitter a lot more than I do on Facebook, so mm-hmm. I, I posted a couple couple things. So you think any of your friends are listening? You know, I doubt it. My friends are, uh, I love them, but they all a lot of I mean, a lot of my friends are comics, so <laughs> they tend to be uh, night owls and they're out doing gigs and, and the like. So are you a Google Plus guy? Uh, I just got Google Plus. I've looked into it, like, maybe, I spent an hour looking into it. I, I talked to a, um, I said, talked to a comic in the green room went about it, about it, like, for half an hour. I, and, then, and then I'm like, I gotta look into it. And then I looked into it for a half an hour, and I'm like, how do I just, I need to sit down a day and get into Google+. Plus. I've got one for my podcast. I do two podcasts, and then i got one of my personal ones, so, mm-hmm. um... Slowly and surely, yes. All right. That was a long-winded answer. I can go a while. You have a podcast voice. Well, thank you. Is that good or bad? I don't know. If I when I listen to podcasts, just the 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 how how do you, how does it how does it work? Podcast. Have you ever listened to that one? Um, no. I don't. Yeah, it's called um do it. Actually, it's the do it yourself, but it's called how does it work? That's the name of the podcast off doyourself.com, and you sound just like all the guys that are on there. They talk about like the universe and how it works and all kinds of stuff. That's years of uh, smoking and and, it's, and then also uh, sitting in front of a computer screen and education probably as well. Perfect. It sounds there great. There you go. The, don't you smoke those Indian cigarettes though? Isn't that what I say? American started? spirits, yes. American spirits, probably the best ones healthy for you because they yeah, don't have I mean, all the. I mean, what isn't healthy? I saw a, a topographical picture of China and like the amount of pollution that country puts out because that's where everybody manufactures everything and they don't have the regulations. Right. Such as we do here in the United States, but yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I told you I do read a lot. There you go. So, in the last couple of minutes, do you have any shows coming up that you want to promote? Anything that you're going to be doing? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, I've got here. Good question, Dave. Um, yeah, I, I host it. If you happen to be in the Valdosta area, come down to the Blue Pub. Every other Thursday, um, uh, January which, January 26th, sign-up starts at 8 o'clock, show starts at 9. Also, uh, February 2nd, Matt Ward, who's the head of the Crackers of Comedy Tour, which is based out of Nashville. He's also one of the guys that runs the Cape Fear Comedy Festival. 
is going to be coming down to uh, Valdosta. It's a five dollar show. He's bringing somebody else that I can't remember off the top of my head. And then there's plus some of the open mic talent, uh, Jeff Hill and uh, Wes Palmer are going to be opening up, and I might MC that one. Um, I do two podcasts. Can I plug those? Yes. <laughs> that was a very begrudging yes. yes. Um, uh, no, well, of course you can. You've been plugging them. You know, you've already mentioned them twice, so of course I'm going to let you. You didn't drive three hours from Georgia for me to say screw you. No, you I can't, just, you, you can't talk you... about your stuff, man. You drove three hours, but that's not good enough. So it's a comedy a go go. Look it up on Facebook, and you just Google comedy a dash go dash go, and it's going to pull up. I've meta tagged it so many times, and I just started doing a music nerd podcast. <laughs> We called uh, What Really Matters is What You Like. And we've had, like, Greg Proops as guest, TJ Miller, AJ Finney, who finished fifth at the uh, Seattle International Competition. Um, we're getting Emery Emery to be a guest, a Susanna Lee, who does comedy and burlesque out of L.A. And plus, we get local people as well. So it's a, it's a comedy nerd, uh, or music nerd podcast. I like to keep my my passions. and so. I, I find with this, with my show, the Let's Be Frank show, that sometimes I find it easier to get some of the national headliners were just touring comedians to call in than even to get some of the local comedians because a lot of local comedians sometimes feel that they I don't know if they don't want to be on when there's a big name calling in but I think it's just an educational thing I love you know I feel like I'm lucky I've get to speak to these people and it's you know when's the next time I, if I saw LA in a club I could say hey you want to share some secrets no but in an interview, I can ask questions. I find out some well, of the things he's done. I, I, I would disagree. I think L.A., I mean, comics like to share and comics like to talk about comedy. That's one thing I've learned. And yeah. I, I don't know if you read the Doug Stanhope article, which came out maybe mm. like a year and a half, two years ago, talking about the uh, comedy boot camps. But mm. uh, Todd Glass was mentioned on this, uh, I think on the Mark Maron, on his podcast, that was listening on the way down, the Todd Glass show, is he likes... Uh, hanging out and talking after the show and talking to like the up-and-coming comedy. So, I mean, it's sometimes I think uh, younger comics, and I, I'm in there, I mean, but I'm not afraid to ask. But, uh, the, the, you know, the ask, shows I've I, been invited to, yeah. unless I'm paying to go watch them, I haven't been doing the shows where I open for people like L.A. Hardy yet, so I haven't. But, but even even if they're them. hanging out after the show, you go, hey, um, you know, they'll hang out in the bar or whatnot, and go up and introduce yourself, and you ask something, or maybe they're gonna be sitting out there. It's, I mean, that's. And you can, but you don't get them for a half hour or forty minutes because everybody wants a piece of them. So it's nice to to talk to somebody. Right, yeah. I mean, I could probably, you know, I'll email him again thanking him. But ever since we started talking about coming on the show. I've had, you know, communications back, and I learned from him the whole way. And I know next week when we have Tom Dresden calling in, he actually says, listen, if you're going to have me call in, I need the whole hour, maybe more. Because once I start talking, it's, you I know. mean, he's a legend. I don't know if you read the, the thing about the L.A. comedy scene yeah. and how he was, like, one of the people he's, behind He's going to be was... talking about that and the movie and how he feels. The movie portrayed it very well. Um, so there's a whole lot of stuff. Um, but we got to wrap it up. We're running out of time tonight. All right. So, L.A., I want to thank you for calling in if you're out there listening. Dave, I want to thank you for driving 3,000 miles just to see my smiling face or three hours. No problem. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, master of comedy slam radio, why don't you take us out? Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Let's be frank with Dave Frank. Don't forget you can view us on the let's be frank dot podca- I'm sorry, let's be frank dot Find Dave Nelson. If you've been watching, you can see it strolling across the screen. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with Tom Dresden and Gwiggy standing up. Speak to you next week.